uh, you know, whatever. Hey, I made a racist comment last night, uh, inadvertently. Yeah. Mm. It, I was so innocent and so was just a, a great example of like... Assumptions. Sort of put, putting your foot, yeah, and another... Putting my foot in my mouth. Dan and I went out for uh, some Korean food last night. It was fantastic. Just over here in this Dundas area, north of me. And uh, there was a uh, there was Dan and I. There was some other people there, and then we were sitting right next to two beautiful, lovely Asian women, probably in their late thirties, early forties, and they were ordering some of the same things we were, and we were asking them questions, and we had kind of a little rapport, wouldn't you say, Dan? Back and forth yeah. during the meal, we commented. We asked them about you were you got the same fish they did, and you were talking about how to take the bones out. It was all very pleasant, was it not? Right, it was very much. So, uh, as we paid the bill, we were there probably for just over an hour, paid the bill, and as I was leaving, I said to them the one and a half Korean phrases that I know that basically basically saying thank you in Korean. And I said my stupid Korean phrase, and they come back and say, oh, that's interesting, we're Japanese. <laughs> Okay. And, That's uh, very awkward. Very and it, awkward. it was one of those moments where it was like, well, clearly, <laughs> clearly I've made a mistake. But, no but com- it. <laughs> it was, there was no fixing it. I didn't, I didn't have any follow up to that other than just see ya. And then <laughs> awkwardly, <laughs> just awkwardly skulk out of the restaurant. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, like how how is that racist? It, it's not. It was uh, well, no. maybe it is. I don't know. Well, how? it's awkward. You made a mistake. Yes, I made a an honest mistake for you know someone like you or me or Dan or something. You know, someone of you know Asian persuasion. Yeah, you can make a little mistake like that. What if you were in uh, France and somebody uh, assumed you were an American? True. Uh, now, all the circumstances, they were in a Korean restaurant. They were giving us sort of good, not advice, but, you know, talking about our order. And and to be fair, you know, all those circumstances would have led me to think maybe that they were Korean. And by the way, not to be too uh, specific, but Koreans and Japanese tend to look more alike in my my experience oh now you're being racist well yeah maybe well no you're not that's what i mean it's like everybody's on eggshells now to me that's did they not giggle and go oh we're japanese like no big deal <laughs> yeah they, they weren't they weren't they i don't know if they giggled but they weren't offended they didn't they did say, want to know what you said to them though they didn't know what i said to them because i said it in korean <clears throat> and right. i said well what i just said was thank you and uh, then I skulked out with Dan. <laughs> was anyone hurt? No. no. Was there any malice intended? No, that's the thing. It was completely innocent. Were you trying to be anything but friendly and nice? Not at all. Well, I know. It's just how things 
I don't know. It's a funny world we live in now. I know everybody's walking on eggshells and something that innocent. Now, in your mind, I'm thinking, was I racist when absolutely not? Uh, can I be the judge and jury? Yes, no. please. No, but, okay. but you're, you're right. I, I said it just to be a bit you know, provocative. Was I said something. Ra- I didn't say anything racist. I did say something awkward, <laughs> which is, you know, par for the course with me. Like, forget the, you know, whether I was intending to be whatever, but I definitely was an awkward moment. And, you know, I was trying to be like charming and I came off like an a-hole. Well, yeah, that's no. that's that's a mistake for you. Trying exactly. To be charming. I know. I know. I was trying to be like cool and charming and like, hey, ladies, let me throw some uh, Korean at you. In the meantime, here's Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Toronto studios with a kitchen feed and from our Brampton Bunker Complex and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who are all set up for the historic Trump arrest TV coverage. With a party, perp walk games, a judge's road fashion show, and pin the tail on the drum fest. It's Humble and Fred. I was uh, hanging out with my friend Dan there, and uh, every time the uh, waitress came to the table, I had this instinct that I've developed over the last two and a bit months to say gracias. <laughs> it, was, uh, oh, right. it was weird. <laughs> like... Uh-huh. You know, you and I spent the last month together in Mexico, but I was there for nine weeks in a row, and it just become kind of part of the everyday talk to say, you know, por favor and gracias, and and uh, it was weird. Uh, but it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was an odd experience. Yeah, um, yeah, it's. Uh uh, is this racist? What is Korean food? Can I, is that, should I, what is Korean food? Um, bulgogi. How is Korean food, how is Korean food different than Japanese, Chinese food? food? Uh, very different. Well, Japanese, well, I mean, obviously Japanese is sushi. Korean food's got some sushi in it, but it was, there's less, like, you, you'd love it. It's lots of, uh, you know, flavored, uh, flavored meats and rice. And Dan had, um, this is a dish called bulgogi, which is a bunch of different, you know, lots of kimchi and things like that. It was pretty good. I, I, in fact, it was very good. So is there South Korean food or regular Korean food and then North Korean food? Do you know that or would it be the same? Or is that little sawed off little runt in the north? Is, I know he's starving his people. So would it be different? Or I, you I'm, you know, I'm sure I'm sure it's the same. Like there's different parts mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, Mexico that have different types of Mexican food. Hey, by the way, you know the Stanley Tucci, you know... Um, discovering Italy, yeah. Now there's uh, Discovering Mexico. Yeah, Eva with, Longoria, uh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. And I I gotta believe that she would do uh, San Miguel, that area, at some point. Yeah, I saw that on the uh, the CNN uh, guide the other day. Dan, did you enjoy the food uh, last night? Oh, yeah, it was great. I, I actually, I was thinking about that when we left. I, I thought, I, w- I want to go back there and try the other stuff. But, I, you know, there's things you just don't know what they are. Yeah. I want to I want to get the I want to get menued up and see what I uh, see what I've been missing in flavors. Uh, anyway, uh, I just want a quick a quick note, Fred. Some of the people that I met in Mexico that found out uh, you and I do a podcast. This is a message I got last night from this is a guy in his like got to be in his early 70s. He said, I was talking to our son tonight, 
And the conversation got around to the eclectic group of expats we have here. This guy is Canadian, but he lived 20 years in the States, in Ohio, I think. He's like a banking guy. He said, I mentioned the dinner we had with you guys and asked if he had heard of you, me. He and his wife went nuts. They grew up listening to you and Fred. They were really impressed you were in our home. Do you see the impact we're having on people? Yeah, fantastic. And I told him, uh, thanks very much. I said, uh, let him know that uh, he can listen to us every day. And we're still doing hey, this. This, may, so. this uh, might um, be a good time to introduce uh, our plans for a new, um, a new program, so to speak, or new feature attachment to the show. Please. Yes. Um, over the past uh, a few months, I guess, whatever, on Thursdays, we've dedicated a big part of the show to emails and uh you know we've had several meetings wondering whether it goes on too long is it too bulky is it interesting for the average listener and um we've decided that we're going to dedicate friday to emails so we'll do a regular thursday show on friday the show may only be 15 20 minutes long on friday but it will be reading and responding to your emails. Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, we discussed this after a few Thursdays show, Dan. And then I was at a, uh, you know, uh, a little get together uh, with the Fred man. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were having wings. We were having a nice time. And he just kind of comes over. He comes over to me. He says, hey, I've uh, got a, a programming idea. I said, lay it on me. So... What, but, but I think what, what you just uh, is sort of spurred by me reading that note, we will. Here's what we're going to do on on Fridays. Again, it could be five minutes. It could be 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. We're going to read the bulk of them. But during the week, if something comes up, that's urgent. Well, or or in, resp- in response to something that happened the day before, because I think a lot of times what happens is some of those notes we get that would be. Uh, as they say, germane to the discussion, get waylaid. They get there like four days later. We're starting to read it. For instance, our good friend, Mike Hannafin from the West Coast. Uh, in response to something that I was talking about yesterday, he says, hi, guys. Welcome back. Heard you talking about Jim Nance. See, this is what I'm talking about, Freddie. I mm-hmm. I screwed up yesterday. I'd heard that Nance was retiring I misunderstood. I thought he was retiring from the NFL, the the Masters, uh, the CBS golf coverage, and the Final Four. But according to Mike Hannafin, uh, everything he's read says he's only retiring from uh, NCAA basketball tournament coverage. So, still doing golf in the NFL. Now, this is a good example, I think, because that happened yesterday, and I wanted to correct that today. And if yes. we had saved that email till Thursday... It would have been maybe not as uh, whatever on, you know, just well, people to, would have yeah. been walking around thinking, oh, Howard still thinks he's completely <laughs> retiring. <laughs> That's right. What a, they don't. What a dipshit. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. If stuff's like fresh in the oven that needs to be mentioned, of course. But we're just talking generally those nice notes that people send us with uh you know, opinions uh, on the show, about the show, what was in the show. Mm-hmm. 
and that way, you know, it's tucked away, you know, and it's we're, um, uh, you know, it's tucked away in its own little compartment. So if that's exactly what you want, you know where to get it. And it's good for people who think, are they going to read my email? They can go again right to it without searching for it uh, through the Thursday show. And then, of course, in a couple months when we go back to our summer schedule, not to get too complicated, uh, that will be the Thursday show, not the Friday show. Or no, because our summer schedule, we take Mondays off, right? No, I think last year we worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. Well, whatever it is. Don't hold me to that, Howie. Don't hold me to that. But I think that was the (laughs) deal. Um, If if you want to go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's cool. uh, I don't even remember. It's been a a year. Uh, Dan, uh, what do you think of that idea? I think it's a terrific idea. And... uh, yeah, because anyway, oh, wait, hey, you could even read some of the emails you read during the week if they're, you know, worthy. Read, read them again. again on the Friday. Yeah, a, double shot power. <laughs> you know, for some of the people who may have missed a, a show or something, then you would have that there as well. If, if it was, you know, worthy of their second read, of course. Uh, OK, uh, I think that's overkill, but we'll, we'll say, listen, it's a work in progress. We just wanted everyone to know that, you know, we haven't given up. That the Thursday show will no longer, or that whatever, the last show of the week won't be occupied by, you know, it's because it, part of the thing was it, it was kind of like it was getting into like a half an hour of reading emails, which is great because we, we appreciate it. Don't get us wrong. We really do. But uh, this way we can, you know, address the ones like Hannafin's from yesterday and uh, nice notes that we get that are sort of day-to-day and then stuff that, as Fred says, just sort of, you know, thoughts on the show and things like that. And now we've not run this by Boone, who God knows what he'll think of it. Well, yeah, you know, he's what, what he, he, um, he's a B vote, not an A vote, right? <laughs> okay, sure. These are A votes. Okay. Then there's the B vote. <laughs> now, is Dan an A vote or is he a B vote? He's an A minus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny. Danny. Oh, you guys, you did, came up with a great, uh, you should have more lunches together. Uh, well, this, this was, was a dinner. A, was this a was a dinner. Oh, it was a dinner idea. Oh, yeah. You should have more of those then. Mm. On that note, Howard, before I went, Buddy Doug who you spent some time with in Florida as well. Before we went, I thought, oh, you know, we're getting ready. And I said, well, I wonder what I'm going to do tonight. Tonight, Am I going to say something wrong? Am I going to do something wrong? You know, there's always something. Well, this was at the Bill thing. At Bill's thing. Yeah, yeah. Before we went to that. That's the um, dinner you were talking about when we had this program uh, programming meeting. So I said, yeah, am I going to say something wrong? Am I going to do something wrong? You know, I'm like you. I'm always good for something, you know, that I got to feel a bit bad for. And um, and I got there. I was there like five minutes and uh, I saw the wine glasses and they said, hey, help yourself. And so the wine we brought, I thought I'll open it. And within moments, I had broken this really nice. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I forgot. Corkscrew contraption thing. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how I, I used it properly. And as I lifted, this piece of plastic came flying off it. Uh, yeah, so I felt bad. And, you know, I brought it to Bill's attention and he was trying to figure out where the piece was from. But still, it was like awkward. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, why? Why? It was funny because I, I, uh, I 
gotten, I want to get back to Buddy Doug in a second, but I got Fred and Dahl and Laverne and Doug came to Bill's and, uh, you know, was mingling around. And within seconds, Dan, I look over and I'm in the kitchen with Fred and he's struggling with this, uh, you know, wine opener, cork, not a corkscrew, but it was like one of those fancy things, you know, that has a, you put it on top and it squeezes. And uh, all of a sudden he's like fumbling around. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I broke it. I go, how could you break it? You've been here for 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. It was still functional. Oh, yeah. I almost, I almost think it was like a decorative thing. On yeah, it was like it, a cover piece. on it, Yeah, it had nothing yeah. to do with the functionality, but he snapped no. off the cover piece. And this is literally, and we hadn't even gotten settled yet. I hadn't even gotten my Diet Pepsi or whatever I was drinking. So I figured Bill will be home this summer and we'll probably have lunch with him or golf with him or something. So when I see him again, I'm going to present him with a nice, um, you know, a replacement. Well, I, I couldn't, I didn't remember you doing that until just now, but I, I do want to say a couple things because that was by far nowhere near the most awkward thing said on our trip. It, not even close. Oh, no, no, no. And the thing is, it was said by a third party, Humble and Fred, completely clean. <laughs> That's right. When we, it came, like this guy, if this is what you're going oh, to talk yeah. about. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to get, I wanted to get into it. Yeah. He was like, Way, way offside. Something. He said something that neither one of us would ever dream of saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just remember, you know, I, I, I thought some Japanese women were Korean. Let's just let's just let that settle for a second. This That's thing. We're, yeah. This thing we're about to tell you makes that look like I don't even know. But before we tell you that story, I just want to say I said something to Dan last night. and You reminded me now. I haven't really spent much time with your friend, Doug. I met him years ago and, you know, because I don't really, you know, make a lot of appearances at the lake. And when I do, you guys always, it's always very special, but I'm not there regularly. So I would well, he's not, not a trailer guy anyway, but I thought, you know, it just, oh. Dan, I said to Dan, have you spent much time with Doug? And Dan said, yeah, he's come up to the lake the odd time. Anyway, I'll just tell you briefly. I had occasion probably, I don't know, three or four or five times to hang out with him. And he's just a great guy. I just want you to know. I know I told you that, but I can tell everyone. Like, I just had the, he's just a, a great guy, great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Just an easy yep. hang. Yes. And just a really good-hearted fellow. Yes. And I would, would appreciate if you would pass that sentiment on to him for me. Well, he might be listening right now. Who knows? But I will. You know, I don't know what kind of vibe he got off me, but I can tell you I really enjoyed hanging around with him and, and this is the segue, really, really enjoyed getting to know Laverne, his wife. Mm-hmm. Doll's cousin. Yeah, just a really great couple, but, you know, and Laverne, just I could see why you guys are friends for so long. It just has a very similar sense of humor. Which, of mm-hmm. course, is why I would like him, because he's got the same similar sense of humor to me. Oh, exactly. Um, yes. And just a good-hearted guy, too. You know, not, he's not out to try. He's not out to hurt anybody. No, he's a prince. <laughs> That's what my dad used to call guys. Oh, he's a prince. Yeah, no, he is. Again, we've been uh, friends since we were like five years old and uh, always have been, always will be. And uh, yeah. And it's the reason we laugh 
a lot like you. I'm with you. We laugh at the same things, and we we find we see the irony in things, and on and on and on. The irreverence, yeah. So Fred Dilton married Delise Dan. I know you know that, but I'm just going to remind you. And Delise is Laverne's cousin, and Doug married Laverne. So the four of them, it's just a great situation. They've all been friends and relations for years and years. But now, Dan, again, you know, Fred broke the corkscrew. You know, I said some stupid shit. Um, and while we were in Mexico, I know people who have been listening to the show also know that, you know, Fred said something about you you put your foot in your mouth about uh yeah this woman that was ill and uh you know you made a bit of a mess i said something to this guy's wife about flat earthers being the same as christians <laughs> you know <laughs> which i still stand by you know but nothing compares to what i'm about to tell you dan okay here we go so how do we set this up uh, when Delise came to Canada from South Africa, I think we've told this story. Maybe you can put some background to this. Yeah, when she was like, I think four years old, they went to England. And then when she was 11 or something, moved to Canada. And the designation on her passport was... Mm. What do you mean? Oh, a, a colored, colored, a colored. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so a stamp, colored. A stamp. Yeah. It said colored. Just so you know who you are, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, they were considered colored. Now, Delise is, you know, sort of tanned. Laverne is quite dark. I'm just saying that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. And Laverne came from the same, you know, system of uh, South African designation, also colored. <clears throat> so one day. Now, the guy whose wife I insulted, even though she wasn't that insulted, but at the time it was a bit awkward, you know, she's a Christian and I made the I made the the stupid thing. I say, you know, Christians and, you know, if you believe in a sky Muppet, then, you know, how different are you than people that believe the earth is flat? At least you can prove to the people that the earth isn't fucking flat, (laughs) which was was extremely accurate. Thank you. So we're at this cooking class. There's all of us. There's the four of them. There's me. There's Bill and Ronnie. And then this couple whose wife I insulted. And at one point, this guy, who's a bit of a chirper, you know, he's one of those guys that's always chirping, sometimes uncomfortably so, but he's always like, he's pretty funny at times, but he's always chirping, chirping, chirping. And um, he gets up. We're, we're at the, the cooking classes outdoors. We've had a great day. And we're all uh, we're all invited to come up to the chef's area to see what he's doing. And just before we do, for some, there's a lull in the conversation, and this guy turns to Laverne and says something, something. Well, at least Laverne's got a lovely tan. And we all just kind of go, "What?" <laughs> then fucking Laverne, who I love, just very boldly says, "That's my skin color." And then this chirper just skulks back to his fucking chair <laughs> and, uh, and doesn't know what to say. It was like, you know, that feeling last night with the Japanese women times a hundred. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from. Or was he kidding? Do you think? Or But anyway, it was weird. It was weird, and I so he sat down and had this sort of look on his face, and was about to say something. And I said, "Hey, hey, you might want to sit this next round out." 
<laughs> just take us take a few innings just to think about that. But you know what? That's an indication of too. It's you know, and Dilly's talks about this from time to time. Just over the years, when you're a visible minority of whatever degree in Canada. You know, day to day, month to month, whatever, or maybe a few times a year, whatever, people say subtle things like that, right, without thinking. But when you're that person, you're absorbing that kind of thing all the time, right? And not that it's that super damaging, and I guess you, you learn to roll with it and stuff like that, but that's that's what happens to you when, you know, people speak without thinking, uh, yeah, but that's you told that story and that was in. I thought you were going to tell the other story of the golf <laughs> Yeah, tell this one. So are you still like this you? one's way? This is the one I was talking was way offside, like over the line. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Dan, are you still with us? Is this you know uh, why? <clears throat> yeah, because it, there was no innocence at all. There was no. I mean, you look at that, give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I don't know what you were thinking when you would think that is a tan or why you would say that or whatever. But this one is a direct hit. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) Triple shot. (laughs) Oh, no, it was a triple shot of power. Um, This is, by the way, under the category of, you know, Fred and I, you know, we're at some level of awkwardness and say the wrong thing and put our foot in our mouth and, and even... To this, sh- sh- uh, what I told you just now, you could sort of see maybe he thought Laverne was just dark from the sun. And the fact that Laverne had to say, no, this is my skin color, you know, was, was I thought it was great that she was sticking up for herself. So again, this guy and his wife, his wife is great. And, uh, and he's just a, he's just one of those guys that's always just chirping. And he, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, You know, sometimes people like to, you know, in order to be funny, they're always, they're always on. And, you know, one thing about being around Fred and I, yes, sometimes we're trying to be funny, but we're not always on. Would you not agree? Totally agree. That's the way you guys are. You know, like we have our moments where we're being silly and and joking around, but that's not us all the time. And sometimes I think what happens to me, maybe to you two, people expect that's what we're going to be like. And so they treat us that way when in actual fact, that's not what we're like. You know, do you, do you know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. So this guy who I've known off and on for years in radio, I, I, mean, I guess maybe he thought that's what I was like, but doesn't really know me. And so was literally constantly, and you, you saw it, constantly chirping at me to the point where it was yes. making everybody uncomfortable. Tedium. It got tedious. Mm-hmm. So... One day, the four of us are at a golf course, me, Bill, and the two of them. And again, his wife's is so sweet. The one I insulted about the Bible. <laughs> so we're sitting there, out, uh, sitting after golf. We're sitting outside. Nice afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon. No big deal. And an, a couple from Canada overhears us. They're sitting there, just as sweet people from the prairies, overhear something about Canada. And the guy says, oh, you're from Canada. Yes, we are. And he's all eager to have a conversation. You know, we're all traveling. We're out in a different foreign country, whatever. 
And uh, he says something like, well, to me, you know, where are you from? I said, I'm from Toronto. He says, oh, I'm from Medicine Hat. I said, well, I'm actually from Moose Jaw originally. So I've, I've been to Medicine Hat. He goes, oh, great. And he's all happy. And then he says, why? But then I go on to say, I said, well, I lived, in, I lived in Vancouver, Calgary, Montreal, and Toronto. And he says, wow, are, were you in banking? And Chirpy Guy says, no, he's a pedophile. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So uh, how did you pick up with the conversation after <laughs> well, that? Well, that's the that thing. That wasn't a showstopper right there. Oh, no. There's the guy from Medicine Hat just stopped. And it got really awkward. I didn't know what to say. It's like he went from just a pleasant, you know, he, he had to say something about me. And rather than just leave it alone or, but the medicine, <laughs> the funny thing is the look on the medicine hats guy's face made me laugh. And then the medicine hat guy took his chair and turned it away from us. <laughs> it was fucking great. No, he says he's a pet. No, he's not a banker. I, you know, it's funny. I told that story to Charlie and Spencer the other night and Charlie says, what you should have said is why can't you be both? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. No, I said I wish I would have said that. Well, you know, you can be both a banker and a pedophile, but who goes to pedophile? By the way, these are strangers. We, this is thirty seconds yeah. into a conversation. This isn't Fred and you, and we're all having drinks and fun, fun, fun. It's <laughs> great. I, for the life of me, can't imagine making that uh, that leap. And again, like you, known for. Saying inappropriate things, maybe speaking before I think, uh, not considering the, you know, the situation before I yap. But that one, I just, I can't, I can't even relate to that going there, especially to strangers. And that word, that thing, like, like, it's just bizarre. Now, he argued that you didn't really he could here's what he said i could tell howard really didn't want to talk to them so i thought i'd end the conversation quickly so i came out with that but still now is i mean that's what he said yeah i know and i'm thinking well that doesn't add up to me because you could just stop talking or you know turn back to your own conversation um and as i said it wasn't like it was a bunch of us that had known each other hanging around having drinks nighttime being inappropriate fun 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 it was just two sweet innocent medicine hat people well and you know and i think and when he he told listen if i did come out with that although his wife was there like i can't imagine here let me start again he told that you told that story at the dinner we've referred to. Yes. And his wife was there, Chirper's wife, and she just sort of laughed along. And I thought, if I ever came out with that and Delise was there or it got back to her, there would be no laughing. There would be no <laughs> there would be no giggling. No, I know. It would be a look of disgust. And probably so there should be. That's just that's way just way over the line. For, for so many reasons, number one, it's nothing to make fun of. Number two, it was unfair to the people he said it to because how are they supposed to react? Mm-hmm. They don't know what to say. Yeah, what, is, what did he think they were going to say? Oh, that's nice. We know some pedophiles from the prayer. I mean, what is it? What, yeah. what was the end game of that other than other than to make me look bad? 
I mean, really, there's no other. There's no. Like, by the way, GFR same would be disgusted. Randy same disgusted. Yeah. Like there's there's because it was so weirdly it's not funny. But 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 the end game, and I thought about it, is mm-hmm. just to give me another shot. Mm-hmm. It was just a shot at me, but it was a weird shot because it didn't. First of all, the it. it yeah, it made me feel a little bit weird, but mostly, say. yeah, it's mostly, it was like, I've looked over at the face of this guy who was talking to us and, and it just stopped him in his tracks. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's pretty, uh, pretty, re- it's, that's ridiculous that somebody would do that. And I've run across people who've done that to, in the, in the past where they, they, they want to, they want to be the center of attention and they don't want you to have it or something. So it's something pretty crazy. And, uh, it does get irritating after a while because it's just all awkward. There's nothing, you know, there's no point in all the passage of the, you know, like this chirpy stuff that you're talking about. It sounds like it was constantly awkward. Dan, that's exactly what I said to him at some point. As a joke, I said, you know, you don't always have to be the center of attention. And I said that to because because I, I, I finally got so irritated with him constantly chirping me that I was like, dude, I, I know you think this is a contest between fast guns, but I don't want to play. <laughs> I'm not I'm not here to, sh- to prove to you how funny I am. I have a show. I go on stage. I'm not a sales manager. I mean, I'm sorry you didn't get your shot, but you don't need to take it out on me because that that whole pedophile thing was just to make me feel shitty. There's no other point to it. Like, that wasn't to be funny with a group of friends. That was just like a shot at me. By the way, one of many, many shots he took at me. And the only shots I gave him were just in defense. It's like, fuck, man, enough already. I don't, I don't know how that starts either. Like, what spawned that? Like, you haven't seen the guy in years and years and years and years. All of a sudden, you, you know, you meet up in San Miguel not intentionally through a third party like how does that start like what like how does that get out of the gate like day one moment one like what why see the problem with you as a comic and then just sort of your reputation i guess as a comic and a funny guy people they just go there because i've noticed it before not like this and and to answer no no no, not like this i'll answer your question in his defense, and I'm going to stick up for him briefly, he, that's his M.O. He's doing that all the time. Joking with the to other people? To, uh, but no, oh, okay. it's sort of jokingly. He's, he loves to joke. And, and to be honest with you, I found several things he said quite funny. But, but for some reason, I, <laughs> I did. I really did. Give me an example. He said something. I can't. Re- I can't well, not not uh, nice tan Laverne and pedophile, but, you know, I mean. Right. Mm-hmm. I even said to him, you know, because I could see he felt bad after the Laverne comment. I said, listen, man, I listen, I, I, I get it. You take a lot of swings in a year. You know, you do. You take a lot. Of, <laughs> you take a lot of shots in a year. Not, and you and I, you not all of them land. Last night, no. I, you know, you know. No. So I think that's his nature. But for some reason, he thought it would be good to do it, you know, to, to, to take, to let me you know, for me to be sort of the object of it all the time. And I get a word you used before I said to him, it's getting tedious and, and you know, it's not a lot of fun all the time. And I don't want to be on, I don't want to be on guard all the time. Like I've got a heckler hanging out with me, you know? Well, that's it. And, uh, I wasn't around 
it a lot or you guys a lot when this was going on. But when I was, it was constant. Yeah. And sometimes I can be the benefactor of that. I, you know, people like, you know what I mean? The odd time, like, oh, Fred's the nice guy or, you know, that whole spin. You know, you humble inferno. Hum, uh, Fred's the nice guy or, uh, you know, Fred's the funny guy or people do that thinking they're being funny with you like you know what i mean all the time yeah of course and again i it's that makes it uncomfortable with me because i think he even went there a couple of times oh absolutely he did that that um i could have written i could have written that down and put it in an envelope and knew exactly that when you when you were around me he was going to do that in fact i thought of it i said i guarantee that's going to come up well, I mean, he says, well, how do you, well, of course, Fred, how did you put up with him all these years? And I wanted to say, oh, that's right. That yeah, type and, of thing, and I yeah. want to say, how does your fucking wife put up with you all these years? I mean, let's be serious. Like, she's almost like a Stepford <laughs> wife at this point. You know, like she's just, I could see her. She rolls her eyes thinking, well, <laughs> that's him just being funny. But it's not. It's, it's, it's annoying. <laughs> anyway. Well, you know, this, this fellow... You know, he went through something very serious a few years ago. You know, he was at one point, right? We can say this. He was given like 18 months to live. And I guess maybe he's taken the attitude. Fuck it. What I want. (laughs) What I want. Fuck it. You know, what I wanted to say to him is too bad that diagnosis wasn't correct. Oh. Oh. No, you don't mean that. Pedophile. (laughs) Pedophile. Well, you know, I don't. But it's it's fucking funny. Oh, that's right. Yeah, if he could come out with pedophile, you could have come out maybe with. Well, that I should have said that. Yeah. Um, anyway, oh, Dan, man. you know, it, it, to his credit, he probably would have laughed. He would I, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely would have laughed. Um, okay, well, Dan, what do you think of all that? Uh, that's uh, I really appreciate awkward moments on the Humble and Fred show. <clears throat> What's coming up next week? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of awkward, uh I'll tell you what's coming up is Bill Brio. We're going to take a break uh, from all of this awkwardness, and we're going to talk about entertainment. And then after Bill, we're going to get everyone all excited about Trump Indictment Day. Dan Duran's news is coming up. And uh, we've got some business to take care of. Friedrich. Yes, uh, the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, licensed on both sides of the border. If you have a portfolio and you've been wondering, Jesus, is it performing the way it should? Tim will have a look, okay? He'll give his opinion. No strings attached, no obligation. He's done this many times with Humble and Fred listeners. If he thinks you're on the right track, he'll tell you. Proceed with the person you're with. However... If there are some holes in it, he'll tell you, and maybe you'll make the decision to come on over to the uh, Sherpa side. Again, a lot of Humble and Fred listeners have done that as well, and uh, the results have been fantastic, uh, starting from scratch as well. You know, if you're not an investor, you haven't invested, you've come into some money, you're wondering what to do with it, he's the guy to talk to. He's the retirement Sherpa. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Contact him retirementsherpa.ca Yeah, you might want to talk to the Sherpa about this company Boron One or AaronVentures.com. They're an emerging international junior mining and exploration company engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. 
Uh, their strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. I mentioned yesterday, they're uh, trying to get boron out of the earth. And why is that important? Because it's a great investment. Uh, have your Sherpa or call the Sherpa and ask about AaronVentures.com. Boron is ubiquitous. I love that word. It's in everything. And there's only a few companies around planet Earth that are getting it out of the ground. And this is one of them. Find out more about this company that are supporting uh, this program. AaronVentures.com. Uh, there's lots of stuff about Trump we got to get to. I just written down. I've got so many notes, things I wanted to ask you about, but uh, we'll get to it after we do Billy here. Um, you know, speaking of what well, is sort of an, an, I don't know, when you came on the Zoom call this morning, I was watching CNN. It really feels like an entertainment event to me. Oh, that's all it is. It like, well, I shouldn't say that's all it is, but I know what you're saying. It's just so disgustingly pathetic. Yeah, the whole thing. But hard to hard to not watch it. That's what I wanted to run by you later. But I find it hard oh, not yeah. to. Yeah. Well, it's history. You have to. Of course, I will make sure I'm watching it today. Although the decision has been handed down, they're not going to put TV cameras in the courtroom, which is fair because traditionally they don't. Why should this be different? Because I think the whole key at this point is is to stress the fact that, and you know, and those with a brain in their head are saying, you know, Mr. Trump is entitled to a fair trial, due process. Yeah. And everything should be by the book that way. And that's true. Absolutely. And another thing I wrote down, I want to run by you um, when we get to this is, uh, I think I finally understood something. It just came to me in the last couple of days. I really started to get my head around why this is a sad day for America. It really is. And I'll explain after we uh, have a chance to talk to this sweet angel. Yeah. For uh, a long time, uh, this man has been contributing to uh, the culture of Toronto uh, by reporting on entertainment and making it all make sense. And then for the last few years, he's decided that Humble and Fred is where he wants to uh, you know, make his home as a podcast contributor. And then, of course, he went off on his own. He just went off on his own. He just became his own guy now and gets all these great guests. And all we can do is uh, be jealous. <laughs> uh, welcome back to our program, Bill Brio. I've run out of ways to introduce you, Bill. I have no. I can just say Bill Brio's here. God damn it. I think you're doing a fine job. Thank you very much. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. Do you guys uh, watch any of the uh, Adam Sandler Kennedy Center honors? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I watched all of it. Yeah, me too. I don't know. Like, I've seen better. You know, I thought the Jon Stewart one was sort of overall funnier. But I will say this. There is definitely an affection and a sweetness about the Adam Sandler world and the people that love him. And uh, for my money, the uh, one of the best ones came from uh, a guy who I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, what's the kid from Saturday Night Live who has all, all the hot girlfriends? Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty funny. Um, I, I like Buscemi as well. Buscemi was uh, great, yeah. You know, my son, uh, when he was a teenager, he only knew uh, Buscemi through Adam Sandler films. 
because that's all he had seen. He had not, you know, Buscemi's in all these great, gritty films, Fargo and everything else. But for Dan, when he was 12 or 13, he, oh, yeah, that's the guy from Sandler, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Well, gentlemen, I did not see it. Uh, I think I, didn't I, maybe I saw a little clip of, was Dana Carvey there? Did, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 That's all I saw. He sang a song for him. Carvey right. and, uh, the the two of them that have a podcast, uh, David Spade, David Spade, are very good on their podcasts. Uh, I, I enjoy listening to them, but um, they they were both good. I, I yeah, it's what's interesting, you know, when you think on the face of it, Adam Sandler, the Mark Twain Prize, yeah, you know, like wait a minute, um, but really worldwide, probably more people have heard of Adam Sandler than you know ninety percent of the uh, people who have won a Mark Twain Prize. Um, Billy, if I can uh, jump in here, you referred to that podcast uh, Adam, or, uh, with David Spade and Dana Carvey. Yeah. I forget the name of it. It's but fly there's, on the an wall. Epi- there's an episode where Jimmy Kimmel interviews them about Saturday Night Live, and it's it's very compelling. Yeah, very I haven't compelling. heard that one. I yeah, it's probably the it. best one. Uh, it's yeah. called Fly on the Wall, and uh, when it That's first right. when yes. it first started, we had discussed it a little bit, and I, I thought that they were sort of just finding their way, and it wasn't. I didn't think Dana Carvey was all that great on it, but now a year into it, and this one that Freddie's referring to with Kimmel, it was, it's gotten to be pretty good. Yeah, that uh, it's just you really get a feel for the stress and the uh, tension. Yeah, you get you get all the backstage stories. Lauren Michaels was a guest, you know. You know, yeah. it's, uh, Paul McCartney. You know, they, they've. Yeah. They're getting all the big names now, and uh, I, I think Spade is a revelation on there. You know, like he's very good, uh, mm-hmm. serious, smart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I enjoy it. Speaking of, but pop- I got a real feel for you know Monday morning. Uh, you know, Monday the Monday morning before the Saturday night, all that what they went through yeah. to put that show together, and again, all the tension and the stress involved and everything. I thought it was it was real talk, man. Mm. Yeah, another well, before we move on to another podcast, uh, the Bill Brio podcast, which is called once again. Uh, oh, it's uh, very clever. Brio TV, the podcast. Brio TV, the podcast. Another episode that I really enjoyed with Spade and Carvey was when they had Dennis Miller on, who I mm. always liked. Um, yeah. You know, we got a little bit crazy conservative there, but just his affection for those two guys, Fred, was really yeah. genuine and funny and sweet and all talking about back in the day when they all started and just it was just great. So that's another those are a couple episodes of that uh, of that podcast to check out. Well, what's Dennis Miller doing these days? He he, he doesn't have his uh, radio talk show anymore, does he? I don't think so. I think he's like late 60s, yeah. kind of retired. Oh, okay. Uh, Eric McCormick, who for years was on Will and Grace, uh, is a guest on Brio.TV, the podcast. And uh, what do you find out about him and what's he up to? Well, he shot a a series in Toronto last summer that's just premiering this uh, Thursday called Slasher Ripper. It's actually the fifth season of Slasher, a horror series. It's an anthology, and every year they have a new cast. And he's playing this... uh, Set in 1910, he's this industrialist. He's sort of like, uh, oh, uh, Rupert Murdoch meets Jack the Ripper. He's playing a real son of a bitch, and it's a very bloody, gory series. Uh, very a big departure for McCormick from Toronto, who, uh, of course, yeah, won an Emmy for Will and Grace doing comedy. Um, so it's a chance to see him do a bad guy, for sure. 
Um, I love these kind of shows. You know, I kind of got into, uh, you know, Peaky Blinders and another series uh, that was set in the early 1900s in New York about a hospital. I can't remember the name of it because I'm old. But uh, I kind of like those um, that vibe. And Eric McCormick, he's a pretty good little actor, I guess. He does get some good stuff. Yeah, no, he's uh, he is. You know, he does Broadway. Uh, been in the Music Man. He's done a lot of other series as well. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I really admire him. Uh, you know, whenever there was opportunities to speak to him, he was always very generous with his time, and uh, I was happy to get him on the podcast. He's a great storyteller. You know, when Will and Grace was on, they had more guest stars than any show. Uh, so he's great stories about like Gene Wilder and you know the people who played the moms and dads on uh, Will and Grace that were big, uh, big name uh, Hollywood stars. So he, he shares a lot of them on the podcast. Um, I what I like is uh, documentaries, and you're saying this month uh, a few will pop up, including one on Brooke Shields. Now, is this is this the documentary where she opens up about her mom allowing her to be in sexually suggestive scenes at such a young age? Yeah, it is, and uh, she also alleges that she was sexually molested by a Hollywood producer at a young age, and uh, you know it's uh, it is a tell-all for sure. But it's such a curious thing this month in April. All of these looks we we look back at the eighties in, in several ways. Brooke Shields, mm-hmm. of course, very much associated with that era, and uh, Boris Becker. If you remember the tennis star. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's in jail right now. He he's what? He didn't pay his taxes. He he got in all kinds of financial trouble. Uh, which, and, and, which makes it a story for him, because as a tennis player in the era of, you know, Connors and yeah, uh, Borg and McEnroe, yeah, yeah. Like he was milk toast. You know what I mean? He was just <laughs> flat as a pancake. Right. So, unless he was arrested, I don't think there'd ever be. A documentary on him. <laughs> this is true. I mean, there was a great documentary on McEnroe came out late last year, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and you would expect that one to be really interesting. But yeah, no, there's one coming up later this month um, with uh, with Becker. Uh, and then there's look, there's just some dramatic uh, recreation reboots of Greece and uh, you know even um, you know all these other movies from the. Uh, from the 80s. Um, when you say reboot, because you say there's a reboot of Grace and Fatal Attraction, like they're redoing the movies or they're they're reconfiguring the movie somehow? Reimagining. You know, the Grease one is set five years earlier. So the original Grease was 1959, I think. This is 54, which is stupid because they're, <laughs> they've set it, they've set it before rock and roll. Like, they've, mm-hmm. you know, so what are they going to do up? Are they going to, like, have a big band there or something? So I, I don't know. But anyway, that's coming. Uh, and, yeah, they've just – and the other one, Fatal Attraction, they've recast it. But they're taking a hard look at, uh, you know, uh, misogyny and the male gaze. And, you know, it just, no, right. it's a woke, woke version of Fatal Attraction, oh. which is like, well, I don't know. How do you what's the joke with that one, Howard? I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, they're still, they, they, they instead of a bunny in the uh, the uh, right. in the thing that's a or it's tofu or some shit. There, right there, there exactly. you go. See, there you go. <laughs> um, and they're making a hemp stew. Uh, I want to bring up something that's not on the notes here, but I. I because I was in, you know, we were away for quite a while. And, you know, some nights you're just looking for a series to watch. And yeah. I came across this one I think you had talked about with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford called 
shrinking. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, here's what I wanted to say. Like a lot of things the last few years because of the disposability and the sheer volume of content, I saw the first episode and I thought it was fine. It just didn't get me excited enough to go back. Like, I know it's there and I, you know, sometimes I think, oh, maybe I should see what happens. But it just, I don't know, maybe it's a mood. It just didn't grab me and make me want to watch all nine episodes. Did I, should well, it, I, am, am, am I, am I missing something? Is there an investment to be made? Um, I, I've watched all of it and enjoyed it, but I know what you mean. It's not an exceptional show. It's very much um, the same. Uh, Bill Lawrence is one of the executive producers. He, you know, he also does Ted Lasso. So he's mm. made a lot of feel good, interesting, well cast shows. Uh, and I think shrinking is well cast. Um, but it, it really is just a new version of Cougar Town, another show that he made. It's a group of people who live on the same area, and they all intersect, and they're all up in their, each other's lives. It's based on uh, a psychiatry uh, a boutique. Uh, Jason Siegel is one of the shrinks, and so is Harrison Ford. So it's fun to watch Ford play this role uh, as an older, uh, you know, psychiatrist. Um, and he's very good in it. And Siegel, I think, is always interesting. But yeah, it's not um, rocket science. Uh, it's just Cougar Town with uh, four letter words. Right. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, I did enjoy it. But and and you know, again, there's. It's been a while since I've been compelled to keep watching something. Have you had that experience, Freddie? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yes, I have. You know, I was just sitting here thinking, you know, I'm into the new season, the uh, nightly show of the Toronto Blue Jays. So mm. I <laughs> no, seriously. So it's yeah. like I, I don't know when I'm going to get the chance to get at some of this stuff. I it's just I've missed a lot being away. And uh, again, with the Jays on, I'd just rather watch a Blue Jays game. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I'm with you. Uh, mm-hmm. I understand. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, this idea of the. You know, what, what things not grabbing us right now? You know, yeah. I think we got spoiled during the pandemic. There was a lot of great shows that launched, but what we're seeing is that um, there's a sophomore slump. That the second season or the third season just don't live up to the first one, and really, it just we shouldn't be so surprised. It's really, really hard to make great television or great movies, and. Just you can't just turn on a switch and do it again and again and again, and uh, that's what we're running up against on a lot of these shows. Um, having said that, uh, before the Jays game last night, I watched the latest episode of Ted Lasso. I sort of third season. I sort of like where that's going. Yeah, remember we talked um, about this yesterday. I said yes, we did. We yeah, talked yeah. about this yesterday. I, I think I think they've done a great job, and three seasons will be just enough. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, agree. I think. They're, they're setting the right trend because, yeah, you know, what we're finding is almost every show that I really liked, um, the third season was enough. In fact, I didn't watch it some, in some instances. Um, and uh, it, it just, I think it's hard. It's hard to keep that going. Uh, there's a couple of episodes or maybe three now of Succession 2, which I'm going to get to. But yeah. I think that's a good example of maybe a little too long. You know, I, yeah. I, I've had this conversation mm-hmm. with my buddy Lumby, who loves that series. And I said well, to him, I did, too, at the beginning. And, and I watched the whole first season. Mm-hmm. And 
and I never went back for season two. And Lumby can't can't believe it because he just loves it so much. Same with Yellowstone. Saw a couple episodes, didn't catch my interest. But this Ted Lasso, we talked about it yesterday, mm-hmm. Billy. I think, you know, and, and I, I mentioned again, not to spoil it for people, but they've added a very, have you watched it at all? Yes, I watched so, all of it, okay. every episode. So they've added a quirky character, and sometimes that can derail the whole because it upsets the alchemy or whatever you would call it of the of the folks that are already there but i think that character fits in perfectly in that universe and the new storylines are all very good and it's all coming together and freddie brought something up yesterday which i think is interesting which is this do you think this will end with richmond winning the like finishing in first place i do not yeah me neither no, I think they, you know, where we watch this show to be surprised a bit, too. And I think there's a bigger message that they're driving towards, and it isn't about just winning. And I think that's how this will sum up. Um, I think that, uh, you know, this is a very compassionate show, uh, and it, it deals with psychology. And, and uh, there's, there's the main Lasso's character is quite tortured, which mm-hmm. has become more and more surprising. And I think uh, if there's a happy ending, it won't be that the team wins. It'll be that Ted Lasso wins, right? Uh, yeah, uh, great point. Yeah, I think it would be too cheesy if... Uh, yeah, too hokey. If, too hokey if they won the championship. And, you know, introducing the... What's his name? Zavo? Zazo or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, introducing, <laughs> introducing him is just fine because that is professional soccer sure going yeah. out and getting big stars to come in and immediately impact your team so it's a good soccer story because it happens all the time i here's my yeah. prediction here's i i think richmond will beat oh i think uh as i said to freddie yesterday i think they'll beat the ex-husband's team and 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 beat nick uh, evil coach nick but i think nick and ted lasso will have a reunite they will reunite their, their friendship will win in the end. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I I, I do think you know our world is so divided politically and every other which way, and I think this show is sort of spitting some kind of a subtle message about how it, you can overcome that. And yeah, uh, I, I think agree. that, but you know, we'll we'll see. But yeah, I love the I love the new player. Uh, he's hilarious. Uh, and you're right, Fred. One great superstar. It's like basketball can mm-hmm. turn a whole franchise around. Yep. And uh, that's what we're seeing. And uh, and I just there's so many characters. Every character on the team has a little thirty seconds now, and and it's fun to watch. Uh, finally, uh, you know, we, we not finally. Well, let's take a last couple things. We've had. Uh, the uh, guy on what's his name the the trip and the Bruce and the trip oh and yeah the, uh, Mitch Azari Mitch Azari great guy yeah always uh, enjoy these things just remind everyone they're very unique documentaries they're wonderful yeah the newest latest one is Friday on TVO and uh, this time uh, Mitch is tripping up in uh, north of Superior starting from Sudbury getting on an old train a very uh, cool stainless steel uh, car that goes up uh, 480 kilometers north of Sudbury through the Canadian Shield Uh, it's called Tripping Train 185 and this is an actual train that services a lot of fishing lodges and very remote villages up there it's almost the only way to get to their these uh these places and um 
you know, this isn't something if you're looking for, you know, Otis, the town drunk to get on the train. <laughs> I love that and, reference. And, you know, right. And and, and it, there's no gimmicks. It's just you're riding the rails. You hear the clickety click. You see the, the trees and you get little pop up bits of information telling you what happened when they used to put a train car up that was a school that would uh, teach kids and they do some recreations here and there but most of it is just an immersive ride on a train and it really in this instance takes you back in time a little bit to uh you know, a place that isn't just crowded with cell phones. So you're saying that yeah. Uncle Joe doesn't get on at the junction? He's <laughs> <laughs> moving kind of slow. Yeah, no, that's right. There, there aren't any of those uh, my favorite sitcom characters from the 60s. But, you know, in other hands, there would be, right? You know, and I, I just like that Mitch keeps it clean. Another reason why I feel so guilty of not... I've, I haven't seen my province. I've been many places, but I'll tell you, I've never been north of, I think, Timmins. And it's, I'm embarrassed by that. But I mean, well, again, these, uh, these, I'm embarrassed, for, I'm embarrassed for you. Um, <laughs> but no, it's up there. That's, that's okay. It's not like you have been north of Newmarket. I mean, yeah, right. Know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> hey, by the way, before I forget, there's a uh, Tim Hortons in uh, a Mexican city. I just, I just remember. Did you, did you see it on your way home? Well, yeah. Like um, in Carreno, you know, G- you know uh, um, the bistro, Gilles, the guy that ran the restaurant where i stayed yes yeah he was telling me that there's about 50 of them going to be opening in those uh cities the what are those two towns around uh san miguel uh, uh celaya and uh some other place yeah. there's going to be about 50 of them opening so i'm driving well, home. I, I i know i just i know that there's a mcdonald's in israel because mm-hmm. uh, that, that's where you can get an unhappy meal. <laughs> Very good. Um, that yeah, was Gary Shandling. Gary Shandling's joke. That's great a great joke. joke. I, I drove because uh, I, I got shuttled to uh, Mexico City on Saturday. And there's a city about an hour from where we were staying, Freddie and I, called Carretero. And uh, I sort of was having, I was sort of half dozing. I opened my eyes and there was a Tim's. I was like, well, there you go. Well, there you and go. I must tell I must tell the story. Bill will enjoy it. So the guy, Jill, that I re- referred to, he's all excited because he went and got a bunch of Tim Horton beans right. and got somebody to give him hundreds of cups, Tim Horton cups. Now, his idea in this restaurant is when Canadians come in is to offer them Tim Hortons um, <laughs> at the restaurant yeah. as a quirky little thing. And he seemed to be quite excited about it. Every time we come in the restaurant, he would tell us about what he was going to do. And I forget exactly how it was set up. But at one point, he says to Howard, he said, do you um, what do you think of this Tim Hortons thing that I'm going to do? And Howard says, I don't like it at home. Why would I like it here? <laughs> that was a great oh, moment. I forgot that moment. Just one of many. Yeah. So guys, yeah, maybe that, here's what he said. He said, "Hey, maybe you can buy one once I get this going. You can buy and have a Tim Hortons coffee." And that's what Howard said. Yeah, I don't like it at home. Why would I like it here? Oh, Howard! And that sort of stopped the conversation. <laughs> yeah, right there. Well, I know there's a the Tim Hortons in London. I've been in, and it's it actually has lots of pictures of Tim Horton in in their their, their particular uh, restaurant, yeah. which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, I was going to say, Fred, at least I didn't call him a pedophile. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, finish up by saying that Kiefer Sutherland's new action series, according to Bill Brio, is worth a watch. It's called Rabbit Hole. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, give us uh, 30 seconds on this. Yeah, if you miss Kiefer on, uh, as Jack Bauer on 24, it's 
pretty much the same character. He's like this former elite agent who's on the outs and he's, so it's, you know, things are blowing up and it's down to him to save everything. Uh, this guy's perhaps a little less scrupulous than Bauer was at the beginning, but uh, it's Kiefer a bit older, uh, still dodging uh, uh, you know, other bad guys. Yeah, I read an article, too, that they were thinking of filming that in New York and he pushed hard for Toronto. So, yeah, he's back here. It. Yeah, it is. It's 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 supposed to be New York. Yeah, and you see New York subway stations and signs, but yeah, shot uh, absolutely in Toronto. Well, um, wasn't Dan Durant? Uh, did, didn't he appear in some old uh, in the other series? No, he, he appeared in uh, the uh, series where Kiefer took over as president. Yeah, that one. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I think um, he, yeah. didn't Dan Durant play Chloe? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Dan Durant was Chloe. Um, I've started watching again two two episodes of a show on Netflix called Night Agent. Uh, again, I didn't go back for episode three. I went, oh, I get this, and he's they're all they're on the run, and there's two people right. trying to kill them. Uh, Bill Brio, Brio TV, the podcast. TV feeds my family. Bill Brio is an angel on the Humble and Fred show, and is always a pleasure to have you, sir. Uh, my pleasure every time, guys. Have a great day. Good to see you again. Yeah, happy indictment day. That's what we're saying. Happy indictment <laughs> yeah. day. It's very that's a, hey, see that's you, much. You want to talk see about much, must see TV? That's must see TV today. All right, Brio. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Yeah, I forgot I said that to the guy. Yeah, why would I? I don't drink Tim Hortons here. I'm not coming to Mexico to drink it. <laughs> I got to admit that was a moment where I went, ooh, ah. <laughs> Did you? Well, he was so excited about this Tim Hortons. You know, see, I, I, I get and then it. he was, and then you know, you being a Canadian, he was so happy to invite you by once, once he uh, got her up and running, and then you sort of, uh, could I say, squished it at well, that moment? And here's the problem with me is that. Again, that's why I said to Chirper, I said, you know, listen, we all take a lot of swings in a year, not all of them land. Mm-hmm. I didn't even remember that until you brought up the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's that level. There's the break the, you know, the corkscrew level or whatever. There's uh, all that's at a certain level. But, you know, what we've learned is that there's a whole level above you and I don't, you know, we don't even we're, it's not we're not even in that league. No. <laughs> Listen, we're in our own league, but not in that league. Uh, Dan Duran's news is just around the corner. We're going to talk about uh, today's history. History? Today's historic event in New York City. But first, Fred's going to talk about this. Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, the Chamber Plan, is Canada's number one group's benefit package for small business, uh, prescriptions, dental, all sorts of therapies. They have a mental health uh, uh, component now, which is great. HR, uh, human resources, yeah, they'll look after that for you once you become part of the Chamber Plan. Very easy. Go to chamberplan.ca. You'll see the badge there. Uh, get a free quote. Click on it. Find out exactly what it will cost your small business to be part of this. You'll be pleasantly surprised, and it's a great, it's a great gesture. It's a great thing to do for your employees. They'll love you for it. Why wouldn't they? Uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. If you have an idea for a small business, maybe it's something you've been dreaming about sitting on for a while, an online store, mayhaps. Well, there's no better time than now to get it online. GoDaddy has been powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. 
GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. You can start your website for free. Just think about that for a second. Whatever that idea you have, you can start it for free and try it out with GoDaddy today. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. I say to you, visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. So as I mentioned uh, earlier that I, uh, you came on the Zoom and, you know, usually I, you know, I'm my, whatever I'm doing, I'll stop and say, hey, how you doing? And you'll say the same thing. And then today I sort of looked at you and I said, is this, I'm listening to CNN. And I said, is this bugging you? And you're like, no. Um, it was one of the first things I thought of this morning to uh, go and check out the coverage. And, and before we get into all the nuts and bolts of how heinous it all is, and as I said to you before, Bill, I kind of figured, I kind of got this in my head the last couple of days because until recently I didn't really get when they say it was a sad day for America but why I get it now is what you, no matter what you think of Trump and we all hate him we do anyway um, no matter what you think of him the office of the presidency today will be forever changed in a way that is kind of again a little bit sad that he has taken this office and brought it to this point in history. Even Bill Clinton, you know, I, I remember that thinking, well, this is unprecedented. They use that word a lot, but nothing like this. And Bill Clinton was impeached and sat and testified. And, but, and whether you, I forgot, again, this isn't, I don't want to just take the politics out of it for a second. I just, I just get now why if you're an American who loves their country, this is a, this is a bad day for your country. Forget Donald Trump. Take him out of the equation for a second. Well, that's part of what bothers me. The country should be ashamed of itself. Um, Forget Donald Trump. Like Howard, the people that still support Trump, like some of the latest polls I've seen, you're talking almost 50% of the country. Yeah. Buy into the fact that he's being railroaded or... You know, this is political. It's like that's what bothers me more than anything else. Uh, Donald Trump is a longtime proven criminal crook con man. Yeah. What's it going to take for that half of the country, almost half of that country to finally clue in? And it gets back to what Bill just said about how divided the country is. The issue doesn't matter anymore. It's again, and we keep saying it. It's just teamwork. And. It's despicable. Like, you know, right down to they were they were saying when Michael uh, Cohen, he went to jail for this. And that was all right, because, you know, Trump was president at the time and the people pulling the strings there were Republicans. And Michael Cohen went to jail for this. And it was okay. You know, nobody seemed to have a problem with that. And now this guy totally attached to that being exposed they're defending him and they're attacking Michael Cohen like and attacking the judge and attacking the DA. And it's that that's what I find the most sickening part of this. Like the tr- Trump to me is old news. We know what he is. But my God, country, take a look at yourself like what you've become. When I uh, came online with you this morning, I was watching a Republican yeah. congressman from Florida 
talking to uh, that that beautiful and very very fine broadcaster Caitlin Collins, mm-hmm. who uh, you pointed out to me was is only thirty years old, and she's she's excellent. I, I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, she's only going to get better with time. And she was sort of talking to this guy. And and the difference between Republicans and Democrats is this. And I thought of this recently, too. Democrats want to talk about the facts of a case or, you know, people on that side of the argument. Republicans just want to do they all they, they want to do is talking points like she kept saying to him, OK, now you, you think this is terrible and the judge should be this and that. But what about the facts of the case? He doesn't want to talk about those. What about the fact that he may have like what she said at one point? She goes, well, what about the fact that? Well, two things she said were great. One, you don't even know what the charges are yet. How can you say this is wrong when you don't know what the charges are? And secondly, what do you know, what do you want to say about the fact he may have paid off a porn star to to so it didn't look bad weeks before his election? They don't want to talk about that because it's not part of the Republican Party talking points on any issue. The fact that Congress people, men and women, are trying to get the the district attorney in New York <clears throat> to testify before Congress that should be. That alone is unprecedented. No, I, again, I, it's, I personally find it frustrating whenever I read or watch or see anything about this. You know, and they talk about the fact that this is political. Well, you know what? Sometimes things are political. What they want to overlook, too, is the fact that... You know, and they want to compare it to banana republics and stuff. Donald Trump hasn't been arrested and thrown in a jail cell without a trial. He's going to get a fair trial, and a jury is going to be selected, and they're going to look at all the evidence, and then they're going to decide whether he's guilty or innocent. Exactly what the United States like to pride itself in and like what it likes to, to stand for, justice and fairness, all those things will be applied. So shut up. Number two, what really bothers me about this is, again, is all the spineless jellyfish who are just worried about their parking spots. You know, I was really disappointed the other day. You know, there's this Governor uh, Sununu, you know, this guy. He's been a real critic of Donald Trump's. But he was on the other day and he was saying, you know, he voted for Trump twice. And if Trump is the uh, nominee again, he'll vote for him because he's a Republican. You know, the only reason he is saying that is because if he ever has any aspirations to be president, he needs that base to know that he supported Trump. And from Lindsey Graham to Ted Cruz, all these guys are doing that deep down, you know, they know that he's a crook. Well, as I said to you after the show the other day, you know, Lindsey Graham is there. You can go and get the clip. I should have it here. I've got some yes. other audio. I've got right. some, I got some. I have a couple of interesting pieces of audio for you. But I should have got the clip of Lindsey Graham saying in 2015 or 16, if we elect this man, it will be the ruin. It'll be the ruin of us and we'll deserve it. Cut to last week. He's on Fox News crying because this is such a horrible thing that's happened to his president and Mm -hmm. asking people again, look it up if you want, asking people to give them money, this billionaire money for his defense fund. Forget Mm -hmm. the actual fact that it's about. And as you pointed out correctly, somebody's already gone to jail for the same crime. It's yeah. not like they invented this. It's not like Alvin no. Bragg, the district mm-hmm. attorney, has trumped up, no, no pun intended, some charges. Um, and, and maybe this will be a good time just to remind everyone. I won't play the whole clip. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, you know, Trump is so entrenched that all these men who call themselves men look in a mirror and think they're men. The only they take this position just because they're so afraid of losing their jobs or, you know, losing the parking spot. And it's all to them looking down the road that I hate Donald Trump. I know it's wrong, but I've got to support him for my own benefit down the road. So, again, that's putting yourself ahead of your country, which I find despicable. Well, and you've said that I was going to bring that up. I mean, you know, you've said correctly many times and I agree with it. If you're on there crying, defending Donald Trump, knowing the election wasn't stolen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then you don't love your country. You love your parking spot. I just and that's why it again. That's why it's so disappointing. And to see all these polls and the people by, you know, there's a problem in the States right now. I was reading last week. There's a lot of families that if you have a son and you're a Republican family and you start dating a Democrat, say a girl from a there's. Even to that level now, there's major issues. It's almost like, you know, warring factions within a country. It's like, oh, hey, you better not date a Democrat. Can you no. believe No, I, I can't. And, and, and I, I don't want to get into it too much now, but I, I, I think I told you I had a car. I've had a couple <laughs> of conversations with a bunch of grown old white men. Uh, sitting around after golf where I kind of waded in about this over the last couple weeks. And there was another guy. It actually started with this. I was playing golf with a guy I hadn't met before. And then we were sitting around with all the other guys that I knew. And I said, Johnny, what, 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 I said, I overheard him say something. I said, what was that organization you're with? He said, I'm with an organization, organization called Democrats Abroad. And I was like, what? And what they do is they, they're a group that assures that people who are out of country, particularly Democrats, register to vote and, and understand how they can vote while they're away. That's what they yeah. do. So obviously mm-hmm. he's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And then to, then the conversation got into all of this stuff. And I was listening to grown men talking about abortion, talking about Trump. And as I said to you, it was fascinating because you got to hear them say not, not facts, Fox talking points, mm-hmm. even to the point, I don't know if I told you this at one point, you know, I'm, I mentioned, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and how that some of the nonsense, go, yeah, but AOC's just as bad. I'm like, no, she's not. What about uh, that woman, uh, the, the uh, Muslim woman who they think is the most, she's the most racist one in government. No, she's not. These people are, but they don't care about facts anymore. They just care about talking points. Now, let me play this for you. This is just a couple of seconds. I won't play the whole thing. It's three minutes long. I'm going to play 30 seconds just to remind everyone that everyone around Donald Trump, everyone around him for years has been arrested. What universe is it possible that an American president has his campaign chairman arrested? That's Paul Manafort and his deputy campaign chairman arrested. That's Rick Gates and his campaign manager arrested, Steve Bannon, and his national security advisor arrested, that's Mike Flynn, and his personal lawyer arrested, that's Michael Cohen, and his longtime political advisor arrested, that's Roger Stone, and his campaign foreign policy advisor arrested, that's George Papadopoulos, and his inaugural chairman arrested, that's Tom Barrick, just arrested today, his inaugural vice chairman arrested, Elliot Broidy, 
His private company indicted the Trump Organization. The chief financial officer of his private company arrested Alan Weisselberg. His foundation slash charity shut down as a fraud. That's the Trump Foundation. His quote unquote school shut down after a fraud suit settlement. Trump University. No, that's Rachel Maddow. This goes on for another two minutes. One single term as president. So these Republicans can say this is a witch hunt. The the Comer, the whatever, the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. But this goes on for another two minutes of all these people in the Trump universe that have been arrested and sent to jail or arrested and fined. The reason this is unprecedented, beside the fact that it's a former U.S. president going to be charged with a crime, it's unprecedented because for 45 years, Donald Trump has been avoiding going to having his day in court by all the people around him taking the rap for him. I know. And like, how do you not see that? That's what I find so disappointing in the country as a whole. The backing and the support that he still has. Again, 75 million people voted for him in the last election. I don't know what that number would be in 2024, but what's it going to take to wake up? And again, it just shows it exposes the deep, deep, serious problem of division in that country. People don't care about the facts anymore. They just don't. They don't want to hear them. And again, a lot of it's social media, you know, all the like, you know, in Facebook, whatever you get, these little scoped clips that tell you exactly what you want to hear. And they've been manipulated and changed. And that's all you get. That, that, and that's where a lot of this comes from. People don't even know what they're talking about. When you were telling me about talking, playing golf with that American guy and he gets into the abortion thing about, you know, aborting kids at nine months. Yeah, Exactly. Like it's only that's only one little quarter of the story. That's it's just not true. And if you took the time to find out what the real story is, the real facts or what the real issue is about abortion and long term abortions and whatever they call them. He's completely off base. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And that's the biggest problem. All these issues, these dunderheads, you know, with their trucks and their big tires and their guns behind their back and their American flags in the bed of the truck. They have no idea what they're talking about. You know, it's interesting you brought that fact up because I was going to say one of the things that came up in sitting around with these are grown men in their 60s and 70s yeah. talking about, you know, well, yeah, but what about these Democrats who want to abort babies in nine months? And I'm like, and I said to the guy, the Democrat guy, I saw him the next day and I said, you know, I, I sort of backed away at that point in the discussion because I'm not there to, these are nice people. I really liked hanging around with him. And, and then, you know, and he made this point, you know, you could sort of see that he and I were going to be. We're outnumbered. And I said to him the next day, I said, just what you said. I said, all you have to do is Google that and you'll find out that it's not true. But the reason, and this is the point my brother made, David, a few years ago on this show, he said, the reason these people don't want to know the facts because they're so entrenched, I'm paraphrasing, Mm -hmm. they're so entrenched in their ideology that to find out that something isn't right, they don't want to find that out. They, they, They would have to walk back from this point of view that they've basically dedicated their lives to, and they don't want that. Here's what a pea head you would have to be to buy into that. Like, I know human nature is survival and to hold on to what you got. But when they say, let's get our country back, take our country back, they mean white America. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That's To me, that is the basis. That's the seed. It's their, It's white America, the way we've always had it. 
But, you know, in 2023 and, you know, the world is a smaller place and there's all sorts of pressure and tension in other parts of the world where people want to leave and integrate into other countries and other situations. That, that's the reality of the world now. Get fucking used to it. The fact that countries and borders, things are going to change just because there's now 8 billion people on the earth and we all need to live somewhere and we got to figure out how to do it in harmony and with each other. I mean, that's the reality. Accept that now or you'll or drive yourself crazy. And well, that's, that's what they already have. You know, when, when Marjorie Taylor Greene appears on 60 Minutes saying that Democrats are grooming, ch- Democrats are pedophiles, uh, yeah. grooming children, you know you've got a problem. Um, mm-hmm. uh, before we, so I just, not, a, not that I want to wrap you up, but I want to play one last mm-hmm. little bit, a bit oh. of audio. This is Rudy Giuliani being interviewed by our friend Sean Hannity. This is a couple of years ago. Just in, just in case you thought, well, maybe... Maybe this is a gray area. Listen to this guy to basically admitting that Donald Trump paid this woman hush money so that it wouldn't impact his campaign weeks before the, the election in 2016. Having, having, having something to do with paying some Stormy Daniels woman 130000 I mean, which is going to turn out to be perfectly legal. So right there, he admits Donald Trump paid... Somebody 130000 It goes on. That money was not campaign money. Sorry, I'm giving you a fact now that you don't know. It's not campaign money. No campaign finance violation. So they funneled it through the law firm. They're talking about it like it's, an, it's a known fact that he did this. Funneled through the law firm and the president repaid it. Oh, I didn't know. And Hannity's like, oh. Like you can't like and then and meanwhile, Hannity's on Fox this week saying it didn't happen. Yeah, there's no campaign finance law. Zero. So the president Just like every Sean. So this decision Sean, was made by everybody. Everybody was nervous about this from the very beginning. I wasn't. I knew how much money Donald Trump put into that campaign. I said one hundred thirty thousand. He's going to do a couple of checks for one hundred thirty thousand. So I there heard, you have it. Yeah. Well, all I say is, you know, they better what happens today. These indictments better have some teeth to them, because, again, that's true. You know, hush money is not illegal. It's how it's funneled. So they better have they better have this lined up. This better have some teeth or there's going to be some people that are going to look silly through this and really, really help Donald Trump. So you've got to believe with, you know, 30 charges within that indictment or that there's got to be something there, you would you would hope. That, that's because what I was going to say. Yeah. They, this, if, if there's not, this is just going to be ridiculous. There's no way. This my response to that. There's no way that this guy who went to Harvard and who's been a, a a DA in New York City, there's no way he brings this charge without a pretty airtight, you know, slam dunk case. There's just no way because of what you just said. He didn't do this on a whim. And I don't care how many times they say, well, he ran on trying to get Trump. Like there's no, like Trump shouldn't be gotten because what he did was illegal and it was fraud. And ironically, this is the first of probably the least serious thing. But uh, it will be interesting. 20, 25 years ago, again, before social media and before... You know, Fox News and all these uh, cable channels all taking their position and everything. 
I bet you most of America would say, hey, if there's a crime there. Yes. He should pay for it or he should be tried for it. We should find out. This should have due process. Let's find out. I don't care if I'm a Republican and he's a Republican president. He's still done something wrong. Let's find out. Yep. It's all all changed now. Yeah, it's like no one seems to want to talk about the actual fact that a, a guy that ran for the presidency was having sex with a porn star and paid her off. I mean, that doesn't seem to be an issue for most people nowadays, but it would have been 25 years ago. Uh, Before Dan Duran's news, let's talk about some odds. Yes, uh, Maple Leafs are playing tonight. Uh, They're playing the Columbus Blue Jackets, the uh, Leafs' favored, minus 380, although I hear there's going to be more load management happening tonight. We talked about that yesterday, resting their uh, uh, stars, you know, with a look towards the playoffs. But again, Maple Leafs minus 380 on that. The over-under is um, 7. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Dan Duran has uh, entered the uh, back. Uh, he's back. I'm, sorry. I'm trying to say he's back. <laughs> I've returned. <laughs> He's I've to, entered the humble and Fred sphere once more. He's back time. here. Uh, so let's uh, not delay. Now, here's to a fella named Anduran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big one, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is Anduran. Anduran, the anchor man comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And I, You know, I think that's unfair Because I think upon further review Dan Duran could tell a headline from his bum I really do <laughs> And uh, here to prove it once again With news and views The Humble and Fred's lead anchor Dan Duran Space lines. Space lines. I put like space and headlines together. I came up with space lines. Got it? I love that. Yeah. Richard Branson, Virgin Orbit, uh, filed for bankruptcy today after not getting funding after a uh, January rocket launch failure. So they're uh, out of the game. They're trying to sell off stuff. But in the meantime, NASA yesterday announced the uh, the flight crew for the Artemis moon mission in late 2024. There are three Americans and Jeremy Hansen. Hansen is a Canadian space agency astronaut flying under an agreement with the U.S. and Canada. And he will be the first non-American and therefore the first Canadian to leave Earth orbit and fly to the moon. I, I was I was watching that this morning. It was fantastic and, and exciting, especially for guys old enough to remember how exciting it was when we first allegedly went to the moon. Um, but I want to tell you something quirky that happened. I was watching the uh, the coverage of the announcement in Houston yesterday of the four astronauts. Right. And the guy doing the reporting for CNN introduced them this way. So and so commander. Another guy, pilot, the woman, mission specialist, specialist, and a Canadian, <laughs> Jeremy Hansen. And I was like, wait a second. So his only job on the mission is being a fucking Canadian? 
<laughs> but that's exactly how they introduced them. Commander, pilot, mission specialist, and Canadian. I'm like, well, he's got to be doing more than that. Well, what was that? Like, okay, well, we're going to the moon. Uh, we need these three things and a Canadian. <laughs> a token <laughs> like, Canadian. We need a Canadian to get us to the moon. I don't know. I'm sure he's doing something more important than just being a Canadian. Yeah, he, is a, he is a mission specialist, oh, too. Oh, he is. Uh, okay. He is as well, yes. And he also, you know, pretty smart guy. And, I'd uh, say. I believe, believe uh, he, uh, you know, is into physics and stuff, but also yeah. flew, uh, flew jets. Yeah, he flew jets, yeah. which yeah. is, you know, makes him even cooler. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fred, does that excite you, Artemis 2, on the way to the moon? Uh, sure, it does. The Canadian angle. Uh Again, I don't know the science behind it, but it just, you know, it's a lot of money to throw at flying up and going around the moon. But again, I, the science involved and, you know, the breakthroughs that this can create, I just, I sometimes question the expenditure of doing such things. That's all. And I'm glad the Canadian's involved and uh, good on him. It's not happening, though, until the fall of 2024. Yeah, exactly. Um, and apparently he's going to bring some Tim Hortons with him. And the other people said, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to eat it here on Earth. Why would I drink it on the moon? <laughs> right. You know, they haven't they have been on the moon since 1972. Yeah. When you like, like uh, half a century ago, that happened. And they've gone 50 years without revisiting the moon. Number one, you'd think between then and now, it would have just been a common thing to do. Mm-hmm. But they just haven't. And uh, there's uh, renewed interest in that. Well, part of it is because they want to establish a moon base so that they can get people to Mars, apparently, sometime in the next 20 years. So there's an outside chance that while the three of us uh, are drooling into a cup, we might be actually witness to the first human beings to get to Mars. Well, maybe they want to make the moon part of NATO. Which Finland became yesterday. That's a significant day. You want to talk about significant moments and day. Finland became part of NATO, which shares a quite a border with the with Russia, about mm-hmm. thirteen hundred kilometers apparently. That's a. I thought more would come of that uh, Russian reaction. So we'll just have to see because that's somewhat threatening to that pinhead Putin. Um, excuse my ignorance. Is did, did so Poland's still not part of NATO? Is it? Or had Poland? or has yeah Poland because I thought Poland becoming part of NATO would also be significant. Well, it was Finland yesterday. Okay, it's Poland part of. And just check that out, Dan. Do you have a second story uh, that has to do with space or nonsense or uh, nonsense? Yes, I have a second story if you wish to hear it. Okay, well, well while Fred's doing research, let's. Uh, yeah, yeah, Poland, nineteen ninety nine. Okay, so Poland Fred is pres- Republic Hungary. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dan Duran uh, with his second story. Be careful of threesomes. It could go really wrong and you could end up with your dick cut off and being stabbed to death. Oh, no. This comes to us from Turkey. A guy was invited to a couple's home. They all got drunk and they all got horny and then they all got naked. And, uh, well, after a round of fun, a uh, an argument sparked up between uh, the guest and the couple, the wife, I guess, or the, the girlfriend. And then things got really vicious and there was a stabbing and it started stabbing the guest mm-hmm. and then one of the two cut off his penis or i don't know maybe they did it together then the uh the couple left the house the man uh took the body because by this point i think it was 57 times pulled the body uh and tried to bury it in a park 
got caught by police there. And then also police uh, noticed that there was a uh, video of the uh, the sex the sex part on the guy's phone. And so they, you know, tied it all together. It's, it's so the guy died. The, the guy was stabbed a bunch got died. Yep. Oh, OK. He died without a penis. What I thought. So you that's were gonna- it. So there was a, a little party. They um, um, it became a threesome. Something happened during the threesome, and I got to imagine that it was the other guy that probably grabbed the guy's wank, pulled it straight out, and lopped it off. I hope he did it after he stabbed him fifty-seven times. Because uh, yes, mm-hmm. I, what I thought Dan was going to say is the couple left. The guy was still alive. He went outside and was eaten by an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a 24-hour callback? the alligator's mouth, yeah. 24 hours later, I found a way to make it funny. That's right. Not only did he have his dick cut off and stabbed, but then he went out to the <laughs> pond and got out an alligator. Uh, that's fucking crazy, Dan. Well, you know, we always uh, like to focus on penis stories on the yes, show. We do. So uh, uh, send us your penis story. <laughs> um, okay. If that ever happened to you, there'd have to be a chainsaw in the room. They cut it. They couldn't. They, they would get tired halfway through cutting off his penis. Oh, They'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm fucking tired. I'm so tired. Yeah. Well, Bring in the guillotine. Bring in the guillotine. Right. Listen, right. man, you can, I'm tired of cutting off this penis. Can you take over for a mm. while? Because mm. I'm fatigued. The, the gristle is amazing. Oh, it's like a tree stump. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, well, there you go. There's a show. There's another show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Bill Brio, uh, Brio.tv, the podcast. And uh, we're back tomorrow. And, of course, this week uh, we'll be doing a whole new thing on Friday where we will read your emails. Okay, everybody. This episode of Olin Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Air Adventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. We read all of our emails, and now we're going to read them on Friday, too. Humble and Fred at HumbleAndFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing really helps us out by charging up the getting noticed algorithms. So does giving us the hearts of the stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you have a Tim Hortons franchise dream, only tell Howard if you want your dreams squished. <laughs> yes, Howard the Dream Squisher. All right. Enjoy every goddamn day. Pedophile from the habitations of the town. We know a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, and just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?